You're listening to Daily Notes, presented by Home Sideways. On this episode of Daily Notes, we talk about Home Alone 2 with my sister. It's going to be a good time. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast. My name is Adam. These are my daily notes where I have fun conversation about films. Today we are joined by a special guest, my sister Christiana. And this is now Daily's Notes. We are going to be talking about Home Alone 2. Really excited to talk about a childhood memory from 1992. And also, funny enough, sat down, did not plan it this way, but my sister's birthday is uh, four days after Christmas this year. And also born in 1992. Perfect episode. Not perfectly planned that way at all. Uh, Christiana, welcome to the podcast. Good to have uh, good to have you. Hey, thank you. Exciting to be here. Let's not make it awkward, okay? We're, we're just shooting. <laughs> not make it awkward. Well, this is your first podcast, yes. so welcome. Uh, I'm going to I don't want to use vulgar terminology. You're my sister. Never mind. This is your first yeah. podcast. We're, we're going to leave it at Just that. the first podcast. Uh, so anyway, man, we haven't, I don't think we've actually been in a room talking. We've talked on the phone, of course, and FaceTimed and uh, Facebooked and everything, but we haven't been in a household with our kids for like six years, man. It's been too long. It has been. Absolutely. Way too long. So it, it's it's been good. A lot of things have changed, and I think the biggest thing I want to talk to you about, really, is that... I see you post on Facebook quite a bit about comedy shows. I think we got we got to mention this, but so the biggest the first question I want to really ask is uh, you came up from California. How do you, how are you liking the weather up here in Washington? It's very cold and wet. That's why I left Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, That's why I moved to California. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I don't know. We we really I like Washington. I don't know. I like. The miserable aspects of it. The miserable, nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's a great place to be. Our, our, you know, my, our let's family's up here, and it's a kind of like it's, it's home, really. So it's home. I don't. I like California too, but uh, at the same time, I was like, I don't picture myself really moving. So. Well, it's it's very hot there, so especially if you're used to here, you guys like escaped to Oregon when it was like a hundred. It's like a hundred and twelve. I told you that so in you confidence. Gotta, you gotta take one or the other. I told you that. Everything's out now, man. <laughs> it is. No, no, uh, we're pulling, not pulling punches today. So, uh, so obviously we have like we, we were siblings. So we grew up watching a bunch of stuff and talking. Like, I guess we should throw this out. What kind of, like, what movies do you remember us watching a lot as a kid? All of them. We all, we watched all the Disney movies. Like all of them. Yeah. We had a bookshelf of Disney movies, so we've seen all of them. All of them, pretty much. Yeah, and all on VHS. <laughs> all on VHS. And then we saw the new ones that we saw together where, like, we started seeing the Marvels together. I remember seeing Spider-Man in theaters yeah. with Dad together. And then I remember, obviously, like, the Lord of the Rings and the Star Wars were really big in, in our house. Yeah, big. those were big, for sure. Uh, I, I remember Indiana Jones being a big, big franchise, yes. too. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember going? Speaking of Star Wars, uh, going to see uh, Revenge of the Sith in theater, just yes. you and me. We went to South Hill Mall, and I remember sitting there watching that and just like you know, having the like the the 
theater felt like it was like lost noise. Like right when this is a long time ago and it got, I was like, oh it's like we we've, we've been waiting for that for so long. Oh my like God, we were like all here. nervous walking up. I remember like as if it was like us. It was like my hands are shaking, man. We gotta hurry. We gotta get there and get a good seat. Like, and we're like, it's gonna be packed. There was like seven people. There was, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, but I want to say it was a really odd day of the week that we went. Like, now that we're older and we know when people go to the theater, I want yeah. to say we went on, like, Tuesday, Tuesday. 12 o'clock. I was about to say Tuesday, yeah. I want to say it was, like, a Tuesday. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, so I remember watching that, and that was, that was a lot of fun. And then we were like, oh, it's going to be the last Star Wars ever. Little did we know. Thank you, Disney, for buying Star Wars, making more Star Wars, and ruining it all at the same time. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just talked about Star Wars The, the Last Jedi and how uh, last week's episode, and I was like, it just basically just kind of hated that movie when it first came out and a lot of people that I saw with it absolutely loved it so I was like kind of like the black sheep the red-headed stepchild if you were hey that's what I'm <laughs> at. that's what I am actually <laughs> so yeah so what I, what I'll, I remember too like growing up on Halloween remember those traditions we used to do yeah. on Halloween because we didn't our parents didn't really take us trick-or-treating and to be honest I think we just wanted the candy well but I didn't really we weren't allowed to Okay, but then, yeah, we weren't allowed point. to, but we got to pick out a bag of candy. So, yeah. like, it won, we won, because then we're like, well, then we get exactly what we want. We don't got to cipher through all the crap. Yeah, and we, we, hon- out. we honed in our uh, our Monopoly skills, too, like, trading. Like, I got two Snickers over here. Who yes. wants to give me a Reese's Pieces? Yes, we did. <laughs> I remember I, like, was really particular on the bags I would pick out, and Mom would be mad and be like, why is it taking so long? I'm like, because I'm counting how many pieces are in it, because I'm going to trade the boys and get what they're getting. And then I would try to influence you guys. Like, like yeah. I would hate Twizzlers, and you'd be like, Twizzlers. And I'd be like, Twizzlers, though. Man, is that going to taste good with soda? Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, that's probably not. Not with soda and popcorn, probably not. And then you get soda. Yeah, we would, we would try to... <laughs> Butter up the deal to get the, my Twizzlers because I have a, a thing, a special spot. Even Arlette knows, like when we go to the theater, she's like, grab yourself some Twizzlers. You know yeah. you want to. <laughs> uh, I know you want the Twizzlers. Um, but anyway, that's good. I also like, that was a time too, like we didn't go trick or treating, so we all, we would like just sit back and like watch movies. I think all three of us would like pick out a movie and we would kind of like, okay, we're going to yeah. watch this one first, this one second, this one third, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Then also like memories too, like that. Like New Year's Eve, we would do similar some of things. Mm-hmm. But we would also like I know we had rented like some video games too. Yeah. And I was telling the kind of telling the, the kids that earlier uh, about kind of some games we would play and try to find some stuff. So do you, do you have any like fond memories of like our our dis- discussions or debates about what movies we should watch and what do you remember what movie we watched the most probably? Oof. It's another. It's a tough <laughs> one because I didn't ask. I didn't prepare these I, questions I like yeah. a good host should do. That's 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 a lot to think on the spot. Um, I don't know. The the most would be hard. I would say we went through fads where we would watch one movie on repeat. Yeah. And if Dad was ever picking a movie, Princess Bride. Princess Bride, or like a sports like Remember the Titans, something that we all were gonna cry. And like right when the, right when the title started, we're all like, oh man, we're gonna cry tonight now. Yep. Oh, Dad's <laughs> got sand in his eye again. Say right. It's not sand. It's allergies. I'm not yeah. crying. <laughs> it's dusty in here. Right. Yeah, and I remember um, we got to go to like Blockbuster and we'd rent a movie on Halloween sometimes, and that was pretty exciting because then there was less of the debate and more of just figuring out everybody's different tastes. Yeah. And then the debate afterwards, which was like, no, see, you do have bad taste in movies. Your movie sucked. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's not. Oh, Adam's boring movie started off that early. <laughs> uh. Oh, that was good stuff, man. I, I I remember like a lot of fun conversations because obviously you know movies kind of like played a big part in our childhood at times. We had so many of them, 
but we also you and I made a movie in oh high school. Gosh. We got to bring it up. We got to oh bring it up. I, I Micah, your oldest, is uh, definitely wanting to us uh, to find this movie. I, I can't find it in the garage. I have to dig, do some digging, because you have a couple more days. We got these Star Wars: The Dark Rival. You remember that? Let's talk of about course, this for a quick. Let's I talk don't about remember this. It. Oh my god. Okay, so people who might not know this, but uh, you and I made a, a film in high school together. Um, and it was a Star Wars film because we're a bunch of fucking nerds. Uh, uh, but anyway, well, at least me and Andrew were nerds. But we we had you be our cinematographer. Yes. And our badass in the movie, Admiral Dalla, remember? Yes. I think I played a couple other random scenes that you guys would just need somebody with. Yeah, we need somebody to just hold a gun, please. Yeah, they'd be like, do your hair <laughs> different, to go up there or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was good stuff. And there, there was a lot of fun memories to come out of those but also some arguments because we all have our different tastes and yeah. opinions on it on things you and andrew would get really heated sometimes it was quite entertaining sometimes <laughs> i don't i don't remember that what wait talk talk about that wait what happened i remember one time in particular that like, you guys were getting heated about the way like i don't know how you'd word it but like the way you guys were fighting would be done and it was just really entertaining. Because she sucked. Thank you. See, see it's, it's heated already. <laughs> Hot takes with Adam and Christian. Hot takes. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. Yes, I do remember that. I remember even before that, we started with things that were small. Like when we first got the camera, we started with like a Lego yeah. type movie. Yeah, Yeah, we made... Uh, well, no, because we had our action figure. It was Star Wars Battlefront we made with the we figures. We did, yeah. And then we made a, a film, D-Day. Oh, good God. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> it's just, it's oh, our, my God. Our, every, I was trying not to. <laughs> everybody was. Everybody made a war film. No. <laughs> my favorite thing about that movie, that childhood so movie, was ago. like we were, uh, we were, we had a giant fort in our backyard, and and we had the, we had a pogo, you, you had a pogo stick for Christmas. Yeah. And I think somebody had got a bunch of guns from the... Do I think Aaron maybe got a bunch of guns, like these little fake guns at the dollar store or something. And we were just like, let's make a war movie. <laughs> we had the pogo stick as our machine gun on top. That's and right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then I, I think that was the one of the movie that I had I had been, air quotes, directing at that time. Because we would yes. all rotate who would like be in charge of the film. And I, I think it was mostly you. Okay, I think well, you were the director. I okay, think it well. was mostly you. Like, in good way, not, yeah. like, in a bad way. I think, like, us, too, we were just like, no, let's let him take the lead. <laughs> I think my favorite role of any movie that I may have directed was in D-Day. If your character, you played the guy who walks around with a gas can behind the... Do you remember this? That it was, like, walk like Sasquatch, <laughs> yeah. and I'm supposed to be, like... <laughs> I was like, I want to do something funny here. We're going to have some random... Per we're going to have, like, a... Uh, we're going to have Aaron and myself pinned down behind something, acting like we're having, like, getting shot on. And then there's going to be some random person in the background with a gas can walking like Bigfoot. And the whole point of that character was you were supposed to start the camera and do this walk and then walk around, like, the yard... And turn off the camera. You yeah. always had me do double work. You were always man. Yeah, that was always that's funny. No, how did, I how did, did completely not forget for about that. <laughs> I did forget about that. That's yeah. perfect. That was a good one. So going back to our Star Wars movie that we had made, you played this badass character. We created this character because I, when I had wrote this script with Andrew, we realized that we were doing a lot of double duty, playing a lot of characters. And we had a character there named General Cardin. Mm -hmm that Andrew was supposed to play, but he's also the hero in the movie. 
And so we decided, how about we just have me enter a room with, to a gunshot, and then you're going to be standing over his body, and you killed that character that he was supposed to That's meet. That's right. You're like, yeah, I just murdered this guy. I'm in charge now, bitches. And then, and I'm just like, yeah, good, good, good call. Get the men ready. Yeah. Seems badass. Seems the way most leaders yeah. could be made back then. That's perfect. <laughs> so you uh, you play you play Admiral Dahl in this movie, and I remember it's like you need to have your hair different ways, and you had your short hair, short blonde hair at that yes. time. Yes, the very short, like poorly bleached hair. <laughs> poorly bleached, yes. <laughs> and then I uh, then. I, I think my favorite scene that we we filmed there we had we in the movie the movie and I know this is everybody's like what the hell are we talking about but in this movie mm-hmm. we had captured our friend and we were like tell us where the the, the rebels are answer me and you slapped the guy across the face like bam <laughs> and you I, I was then we slapped the camera so I was like oh shit. It, he, she did that, and his face was red. I think he wanted to cry. Dude. Yeah, My friend he wanted to cry. Did I remember him being like, "It's okay, make contact." Like I'm a guy, I can handle it. And I was just like, "Well, now you're gonna fucking challenge accepted." Like yeah, you're gonna get an actual little pat. And I remember it not being that bad either. Like I was like, if I wanted to slap him, mm-hmm. I'd fling him across the room. Apparently, because yeah, that was me really just barely tapping. Yeah, <laughs> he probably he's probably yeah. If you hit him hard, he would probably fall out of the chair. That we hundred percent would have. Hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, going back to, uh, well, I guess before too, is that, uh, because we're, we're together, uh, and I'm drinking some Maker's Mark, I got in honor of dad here, and we shared a bunch of dad memories talking and stuff like that, and it's just good, I think this, I think he would be really stoked that we're doing a podcast together, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, going back to something I really, I've always been dying to ask you, and going, I alluded to it earlier. Is how the hell did you get into comedy? I, I, I honestly, I'm thinking about this, and I was like, I would never have imagined that you would ever get into that profession and stuff like that. And I thought you were just kind of a host, but come to find out, no, you're actually a full fledged comedian. How did you find out? Who like introduced you? Like this was a possibility. How was your like first open mic and stuff like that? What's going? What? How did? How did that kick off? So I started going to a comedy show once a month, and I would tip the comedians in medical marijuana because I'm a very adamant medical marijuana activist and host and believe it's very big medicine Mm -hmm. for every different which way. So I would tip them, I would tip the venue, and I wound up getting really known by the comedians, and we'd all hang out and smoke afterwards. You had the goods. You supplied the goods. I did, apparently. I was the goods lady. (laughs) And... We wound up all talking and just talking to all the different comedians. I wound up having touring comedians, comedians that had won or been finalists on America's Got Talent, and Holy all cow. the local what, comedians who, who, tell who, me... Who were the, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, finish your story. We'll, we'll, we'll backtrack. <laughs> and, and they all started telling me, you have a way to tell stories. You have a, a way that people will listen. You're hilarious. you got to actually try comedy. And then I would all think they're just trying to be polite to me, right? Like, mm. I'm giving them weed. I'm funny <laughs> when I'm smoking weed, sure. And then I had the ones that I was getting to know because I was there once a month, and then I'd known them for about a year, year and a half, mm. and they were like, listen, when we're all telling you this, we're not being polite. We're being very serious. We get paid to do this, and we've seen people make money that's not as funny as you. We really think you should try. Wow. And so January 2019, um, right at the beginning, I made a New Year's resolution, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to actually do it. People have been telling me I'm, I need to do it. That's it. Why should I not do it and at least try the open mic? 
and I did an open mic, and I got a paid offer that night because there was a scout there in the audience what? that nobody knew about. Okay, so let's <laughs> stop right there real quick. So you're at your first open mic, yeah. you got a paid offer. Yeah. That's four, like... That's... Four or two weeks later. So three weeks into doing comedy, I got paid. Okay, but that was well. a by chance thing. Like, a scout happened to be there. Nobody knew. Nice. Just by chance What's luck. Cool. <laughs> what, do you remember your best joke? What was your best joke from that night? My best joke from that night is so hard to remember because I have like three three notebooks of material now. Oh, <laughs> like well, that's so that hard. Makes, I, I bet that would be hard. Um, I would have to really like look back and try to look back well, on look, my notes. Well, that's to not remember. a point. That's just exciting <laughs> that that's exciting that you were able to do your first show and just had kind of struck lightning in a bottle in a way, yep. and somebody was there to like, shit. This guy's got this person's got some uh, some funny chops. Her brother, as her brother, and everybody's listening. She's not funny. I, she's she's kind of overrated. To you guys, th- or, hi, no, I'm just joking. She's just not. when she smokes weed, apparently she no, just gets no, lucky no, once no, in a while. No. But it's, it's it's just funny. It's like man, I. It was something that I would never imagine. Yeah, I guess everybody has their own different humors, and our humors work well with each other. And you know, I I tell some amazing jokes to my kids, and they're like, "That's not funny, Dad." I'm like. If you were from where I'm at, you're, it's hysterical. Right. Yeah. You know. uh, but anyway, so you got this offer a couple of weeks later. You get your first gig. So how how was that like? You're like, holy cow, I just I just started doing this a couple of weeks ago. Um, my first gig went amazing. I was really nervous that he was going to tell people it was my first gig, and he knew not to. Like, now that I've done hosting, I know that you don't mention that. You just want people to have a professional show. And I went up, and I fucking killed it and I got tipped amazing and I wound up getting another offer that night for a next show and it just started rolling after that and I wound up creating my own show after that because I lived in a county that there wasn't any comedy shows in the entire north side of the county Whoa. only the south side and so I started the first comedy show that the north side had seen in like 10 years and it's been thriving ever since what's, what's that show called so people that may who, who may not have heard you before maybe kind of look up if they're in the area uh look up christiana ray and the show is at the poorhouse every wednesday there we go yeah so a little behind the scenes info she flew up here on a wednesday and she was still producing a show while she was here it was crazy so when you may not i take it you're not on stage every wednesday maybe you probably are but just so if you were, do you just do? I'm just producing tonight. I'm not up here telling jokes. Do you have, do you have moments like that, or what's how's that like? Yes, absolutely. There's definitely times that I've brought in other hosts. Um, I want to do it more regularly during my busy work season, since I also do event coordinating and producing for other types of events like weddings or anything. If anybody needs a wedding planner, like, no shame, shout out. Hashtag <laughs> she. It, no. Well, no. I'm not a comedian. I, I, I couldn't think of anything funny on the spot. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, so during that time, I did definitely bring on other hosts and was just producing and was able to just go there and laugh and kind of enjoy the show. Hashtag plug. That's what I was doing. Hashtag plug. There that's it goes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and I definitely want to do that more, especially when we do the show as often as we're doing and then there's other venues in the area that are asking me to do the show, like the movie theater is going to be having a show start there regularly as well. So... It's oh, going to yeah. start getting a little bit busier, and there'll be definitely a lot more producing than just being on the stage. Nice. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. Have you, have you thought about, like, there's tons of athletes, me coming from, like, 
podcasting and I've done YouTubing and stuff like that. Have you guys thought about maybe like putting a camera up there and recording some stuff, or is is that you're strictly about the entertainment at that at this moment in in, in house? I've actually decided that I do need to start recording every single set, and I've decided that recently and and invested in like a better phone and invested in a tripod and just different little things that I definitely could have done before, but I just was focused on my other work and yeah. my other career a lot more, and then now that my work is able to slow down in the winter. I'm like, okay, I really need to actually start recording all these things yeah. because there's so much of it that we do have pre-planned, but in the area that we're at, we do not, I'm not going to say allow heckling, but we do allow some crowd interactions. And so it makes for a lot of crowd work material and material that people didn't just have planned in their original set. And it can be so entertaining and help other people's careers that happen to be on my stage because I see how amazing they can be and how amazing and on the spot they are with also their planned set that they have. So it's really fun to see. And it, I'm definitely going to start doing that. But unfortunately, I'm not as tech savvy as you know. <laughs> and I am not the person who always is, and pulls out my phone and remembers to do that. I'm usually the person afterwards that's like, oh, oh damn, damn. We, forgot to, we forgot to take any photos. What did we do? Like, Damn it. Okay, let's do these action photos real quick. Yeah, uh, hold on. Freeze. <laughs> Um, so I definitely haven't been one that's been good about that, and I get on to myself about that, and now I'm going to definitely try to get a lot better. I've been that's, telling myself that. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I like That's that's pretty awesome. So you're, um, when, I take it, you're doing comedy, you, you, you're hosting, you probably have a ton of material, more material than probably most comics at that point, because you're having to tell, yeah, probably have, you, you, you mentioned your regulars and stuff like that. Who's, what's a regular there that you... You see all the time that this freaking that's been a who thinks you're like the, the funniest person alive. Is there somebody out there you can think of that it's like I, I know that's I'm the funniest person alive. Yes, I exactly. Mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody thinks I'm the funniest person alive. I mean, yeah, so that's, that's a, I, mean. I mean, that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. I don't know. True. That that would be kind of stalkerish. Yeah, I have, yeah I have, that's a good point. I don't want. I don't think I, that we've way. We've had one or two people. We've had to like ask not to come back. Like maybe they think I'm the funniest person. Probably that could be it. That could be it. Uh, no, um, I've had a, quite I've a few supporting. people tell more, me like, more like supporting you. I've, not like I've had quite a few people tell me they think I'm the I'm their favorite host, no, um, that's, that's or good. the way I interact or bring up the audience's energy, that type of thing. That's but it cool. also I could be too energetic for some people. You like, know, oh, too hyper. Yeah, yeah a little too hyper. So I think it just depends on the audience member or what they're expecting. Sometimes I think sometimes if they've had um, three live shows that went really quietly and they brought up some comedians that also were quiet, that type of thing, then that's what they expect their fourth, fifth, and sixth show to be like. Oh, and yeah. if you've started off with three super energetic ones where there was heckling the whole time and nobody cared, then you'd probably show up and then expect that or allow that type. Of thing. You know that. So yeah. Nice. The um, I'd be interesting. I like I, Arlette and I just went to our very first comedy show as a couple. I've been to one before. I went with Dad once at uh, Tacoma Comedy Club, and if they were having an open mic, Mike, we should have just went. And that, <laughs> but that'd be that'd that be hilarious. Awesome. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. The I don't know. I as I, I found out like you were doing, I'm like man, could I physically do that? Like, where's when you're first going up there? Are you are you nervous? Like, were you excited? Do you have stuff pre pre planned? Like, what what was 
when you first decided, okay, I'm gonna finally do this. Did you have stuff pre-planned? Did you... Um, I actually really I nerded out about it and I read up on it first. Oh, there we go, perfect. <laughs> and I read some articles and I read advice that people had given on what to do, and then I didn't follow all of the advice. Some of it was like practicing your set in the mirror, that type of thing, and I was like, that's gonna make me more nervous. And I'm a mom, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. <laughs> but I did have stuff pre-written down, and I had the main kind of bullet point word that's gonna be my my word that reminds me of the whole joke. I had it bolder and written in a different color. That way I could remember it based on the color. So I remember like when I first started off, my first notebook was all different colors and now it's just black notes yeah, and okay. regular pen or pencil or on a napkin, whatever I can grab. Um, and I was definitely very nervous. I was very excited. I definitely smoked a lot of weed and I remember a couple people being like, have a drink. And I probably drank one or two too much before I got nice. up on stage. But I got a gig, so I couldn't have been hard. You couldn't, to, have, been I couldn't have been super wasted at that point. That's, that's, that's always a good sign. You, you did say you get an offer. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I definitely thought the nerves would end. And after doing it for a while, that I wouldn't get nervous. Or I'd only get nervous if I'm on a new stage. But I actually get nervous every single time still. And I have a lot of people that say, no, that's impossible. You do it so much you can't. And I realized that it's just because it's the way I take things seriously because I'm used to playing soccer, like how you play baseball. Like we were all about sports. And if you're yeah. going to do sports, you're going to give no, not jitters. just 100%, you're going to have 110%. You know? Oh, Dad always said 110% on everything you do. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very nerve-wracking once-in-a-while thing where you're like, no, these people came here to have fun. This isn't just a Wednesday. These people could be going through a hard week. They could be finding out medical issues. It is my job to make them laugh and make them happy. And I like get that like sense about me and get all nervous and then there's times sometimes I get off and I'm like kind of sweaty because there's the lights up there but it's also just you forget to take a breath and you're speaking for 8 I'm to 12 gonna, minutes straight <laughs> I'm not going to lie sometimes when I'm recording a podcast I'm like I'm talking to myself for 30 minutes with a light on look, trying to squint trying to read my notes I'm sweating and just talking to myself yeah. in freaking a, a podcast so See, I'm like I get it and then when I join like the main show with uh, Terry Todd and Zach I'm like I sound like a bumbling idiot compared to those guys. Their vernaculars are so much far superior, vocabulary is so much superior to mine. But I'm like, well, I have my own unique voice, damn it. I'm going to let it shine. So that's pretty, uh, it, it's, it's entertaining. Everybody brings something different to it. Um, what, what would you, how would you describe your comedic style? Ooh. Um, a storyline style? Storyline. Okay. I guess. How, how does that work and have I ever been brought up in a storyline? <laughs> yes. Yes, you Wait. have. Oh. And oh not in a God. bad way. I don't like... know if I want to know this joke, but <laughs> fucking tell me. <laughs> um, yes. You've been brought up in a joke. Um, uh, was nothing... I the punchline? No. Okay, then we're good then. No, you're the punchline. Um, brought up in like, like as another character in the story. Like he happened to, and my brothers were there. That type of thing. Nothing like that. Anything oh, like that. that's not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Actually. <laughs> and I'm kind of insulted, to be honest. Well, I have ones in my back pocket. I could, I could, I could start probably saying on this, stage, actually. Probably from this trip up here, yeah. Probably from this trip, yeah. You gotta yeah. be careful. Yeah, I've been you, texting myself. <laughs> yeah, you could use the story of my first time eating edibles. If you want to. I don't know that story. I told you that story. That was your first time. The story you told me was your first time? Yeah, that was my first time. That I'll, was your I'll tell, first I'll, time? I'll tell Yeah. Okay, I definitely thought you I'm were not like, like, that was the most recent time I had edibles. Like, I'm definitely no, a pothead because no. my brain was like, oh, that's cool. That was like a couple months ago then. No, I, I can't do any of that stuff now because I am, you know, 
the place I work. I'm a supervisor, and I got to be responsible. But when I did have it with Arlette, we went down to Oregon. We, ha- we were going to a wrestling event that, that weekend. But at the time, we were like, okay, we're going to go see a movie. So we, we brought them some down from Washington down to Oregon. And uh, we had go- going to the movie. We had one. I didn't feel it for the two hours and 15-minute runtime of the film. And then we took another one right after. And we got to the hotel, and I was like, I don't really feel anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, eye, my eyes got so small, small, <laughs> and small. It was a ridiculous time. And then all I wanted was uh, a, a McFlurry. And so we, we went over to McDonald's, and I didn't get my McFlurry. I got some uh, McChickens instead for some reason but yeah that was my first time it's it's it, it, it i i've told it funnier but I, i'm trying to hold back a little bit because i don't want to get in trouble if anybody hears this which they won't so, which they won't which they won't uh but anyway the uh yeah so you mentioned like different kind of comedic styles your storyline based what kind of where do you want to improve your comedy game like is there do you want to try to try different styles or or how would you what would you like to do as a comic? I want to improve my crowd work. Crowd work. Okay. How, how, what does that look like? When you ask people in the crowd, like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing tonight? What do you do for a living? And then you instantly can make a joke on the spot based on what they do for a living and what their response is. That's, so that's like crowd work comedy. So it's like uh, my, one of my favorites. I showed you him. And actually, I'm going to in March to see him. Jeff Leeson. He's one of my favorite mm-hmm. ones on Facebook. He's... Strictly, that's all he's doing. He's like, hi, sir, how are you doing? And I bought the, the special tickets. I didn't get, like, general admission, so I might be sitting close to get asked the question. Nice. Oh, I, and I have the perfect job for it, too. I'm a freaking uh, I'm portable sanitation. It's going to be great. Do you wear your sweatshirt. What? The shit happens. The shit happens. <laughs> yeah, I have a the shirt that says shit happens yes. on it. It's going to be great. Uh, so you want to work on crowd work and stuff like that. So yeah. have you started trying that? or? Yes. Or how how did that go? It went well at first, mm-hmm. or it went, it went well because I've just now started. I guess that's what okay. I so say. it's going yeah, good. It's going good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing the hosting, though, I guess there's always the good, but also kind of the bad. Is there has times where you crash and burn, and what did you learn from those experiences? That you have to try again. Just try again. They have to yeah. try again, and that you have to breathe more when you do it and remember to breathe and yeah um little tricks that you learn along the way like you always take something to drink with you even if it's just a glass of water just so if you do get nervous or you stumble over your words you have something to sip really quick mm-hmm. and then it just gives you that other second to breathe just little things like that that oh, nice. I, you try I, to remind yourself yeah. like okay i'll try that next time and then i'll word it differently or or sometimes, like one time in particular, I just remember being like, okay, no, that got too dark. Now that was the line. Now, I, well, now I know. Now I know that was the line that got too dark. Okay, nice, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's a good, you just learn and then you try again. Nice, perfect. That, that makes sense to me. Uh, so where do you see yourself going? Where would you like to go with your comedy? Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be ideal, yeah. I mean, yeah, if there's any... Offers out Offers there. Offers in Hawaii, Hawaii. like, I, hit well, me up, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you, you told me that you did get some offers to play in some different parts of the, uh, of the 
North America. Uh, how did that? How did that make you feel? Was that a pretty like humbling? It's like wow, that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. Absolutely, yes. It was very humbling, very exciting. Made it very real and um, kind of seeing the potential that it could have. And even if I wasn't able to take it, just because I am a mom and have you know school and career and whatnot, yeah. it's very real the potential that it can be if I keep focusing on this and that I eventually can. You know, yeah. keep meeting comedians, keep working on my material, and will eventually be able to take some of those offers up. That's pretty cool. Where, where, where are we talking about? Like, are we talking about like Fresno, like like San, Fer uh, San Fernando Valley? Like, where, are we talking about just California? Where are we talking about? Um, definitely all over California. I know different hosts and producers all over California, but as well as like Vegas and Canada. Um, one time I brought somebody through from New York, so I got a gig offered in New York. You know. Um, had a couple friends that are comedians that have moved in different areas and are producing shows. So once you're there, you can get into a show just like I help them get into shows when they're here. It's kind of the nice thing also with producing is you can help back and forth. But the biggest gig offers are just because you have that minute and a half clip that can make someone not just laugh but realize that they can laugh a lot more with you than somebody else. And mm -hmm. once you pass that to a few producers it can wind up being passed along to others. And I've done that for some of the producers in my county, mm -hmm. and so that has wound up happening, where I've had someone at my show, they loved just the way I warmed up the crowd and made everybody laugh, and then all of a sudden I'm getting an offer from New York or Texas because they heard from that comedian how funny I was, and they want to have me. Wow. So it's really nice. It's really kind of exciting the different ways that there is potential, but I'm not able to take up as many offers. Like, if you see... What I can do right now, I've just ended a very busy wedding season and yeah, um, and trying to go back to school and finish classes and stuff. So I'm it's, it's not able tough. to take up all those offers that I want. But it's a very humbling, nice experience to know that I can make people laugh. And I really truly believe laughter is the best medicine. So it's really humbling. That's awesome. Nice. Well, if you ever get anything, let me know, and I will uh, definitely try to be there. I know that uh, for sure. Uh, especially if it's in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> especially Hawaii. <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's pretty awesome. I, you know, I've I definitely growing up, because I've always been the better, bigger, better brother. I I, I admit that. But uh, at the same time, as I've always tried my best to be as, as supportive as I can. So you know that I'm gonna I'll be there for mm -hmm. sure. At least if I can't, I'll I'll be there. I'll give you a phone call right before or something like that. But I, that'd be really awesome. I'm really proud of like what the stuff mm -hmm. you're doing too that that's that's pretty fantastic because it's not easy balancing because you have two wonderful kids and you have you know you're going to school busy career plus also this other thing that is probably the most passionate about other than the kids of course and i think that's that's something awesome you need something like that i'm really passionate about podcasting but my family is always going to come first and i think that's some of the sacrifices we make as parents mm -hmm. and i think that is really honorable so that's that's pretty fantastic yeah, I appreciate that. It's been it's been a really fun, fun journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that said, should we? You want to talk more comedy, or do you want to jump into the Home Alone Two talk conversation? It's Home Alone Two. Let's oh. go. Let's go. Let's do it. Hiya, pal. Deck the halls with Marv and Harry. Yes. Make their Christmas not so merry. Give them bricks and give them riches. 
One more Christmas in the trenches. <laughs> Toss some paint cans down to greet them. Send the toolbox down to meet them. Serve the nails for Christmas dinner. Kevin is declared the winner. May I do the thinking, please? Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. You wearing aftershave? That's kerosene. Now, why would anybody soak a rope in kerosene? Merry Christmas. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is directed by Chris Columbus and it's written by John Hughes, starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Cern, Catherine O'Hara, and John Hurd. The first Home Alone movie is a Christmas movie royalty, like many other families around the world. It's also a daily family tradition to watch this movie every Christmas. The second Home Alone was watched almost as many times as the first film in our house. Now, Christiana, we had you over specifically to talk about this movie because it was something that I mean, we both had in common growing up. We watched it quite frequently. And But first, let's back up a little bit. You watched the first Home Alone before you came up here in preparation of this conversation. How did that go with your watching it with your kids? It was fun. We always love watching that every year. It's a daily mm -hmm. tradition. <laughs> it is a daily tradition, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a daily tradition. Uh, we haven't watched the first one this year, but uh, it's something that we do have watched quite frequently. I think The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey has been kind of slowly one we were incorporating a lot more into our lives. I know our dad liked Elf a lot too, so that's something that we're also watching quite a bit. And so Christmas movies have always been kind of like a fun time around this time. So Home Alone 2 is something that, celebrating its 30th anniversary, something we definitely, I felt like we had to do something for the podcast. I know the main show wasn't going to, we were really going to do it because I think one of our hosts did, doesn't really like the movie, but that, who cares? We're doing it on Daily Notes, the B show. Let's talk about it. So, uh, Home Alone, the first one, you just watched it with them. Uh, your kids like the movie as well? Love it, absolutely. They both actually prefer the second one, but they love the, the first one. But before I do, why do they prefer the second one, by chance, you know? In their words, it gets into the action faster. It gets into the action fa Yes, I did notice this, is that uh, when your oldest was... Uh, watching it with us he was like get to the good part like get to the part where they're actually like uh getting beat up to death yeah so i thought that was really fun uh, some of the notes i did have here at uh, the synopsis on imdb did read uh, roughly this is uh, kind of paraphrasing but one year after the events of the first film the McAllisters take their next christmas vacation to florida however kevin gets on the wrong flight and he finds himself stranded in new york with Harry and Marv not far behind because they have escaped from prison. Uh, so watching this, we did have we brought up some funny stuff, and I think the funniest kind of moment of commentary that we did bring up is that there's no possible way that Kevin gets on the wrong flight at all. I think he gets stopped at the gate. Absolutely, yeah. I think even back then with lighter security, it would be pretty obvious that a child would be stopped at the gate or would assume that a father would come back and look for his child. You would think, but it's the McAllisters. They're, they're supposed to lose their kids. They like pretty bad you luck. Can, Yeah, the Griswolds are going to, he's not going to get his Christmas bonus. You get the McAllisters losing their kids. It, this is what happens around Christmas. And the, and and then you get, uh, you know, Alan Rickman falling from uh, the, t the t tower and die hard. I'm falling up blank. I just did butchered my, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, so 
Home Alone 2, we have this kind of crazy setup where you think it's he's going to be left at home, but no, he's in New York City. It's kind of awkward. You're not going to... It's definitely different, and I feel like Home Alone really should not have been made into a, a, a sequel or a franchise, if you will, because uh, I think the first one's really perfect. I, it's a, I feel like it's a per, per, perfect movie. Like, It's something that wasn't supposed to be good, and I, we kind of mentioned it too, like the movies that made us on Netflix kind of talk about some of the behind-the-scenes behind the stuff that happened in the first movie where the studio wasn't even a fan of it. They weren't backing it. And actors didn't want to do it, and but somehow this lightning in the bottle film happened, and it grossed a ton of money. And of course, they had to make a second one a year later. So, Home Alone two. Uh, where does this one rank for you? Is this like is this better than the first one? Or are you a fan of the first one more, or what? I think I'm kind of neutral. I think if I'm gonna watch one, I'm probably gonna watch the second one the next day. So they're. Yeah, probably pretty. It's hard to say one's the other because there definitely wouldn't be the second one without the first one. True. So it's hard to say it, but um, I do love the storyline of the second one. Yeah. Uh, the first one's such a classic, though. It kind of is hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely hard to beat. It's. I, I think it's it's interesting. Like I said, like why did we we need another one? But now we've have six Home Alones. It seems like. We have one on Disney Plus now. We have like two TV movies. We had a third one. The third one went to theater. Uh, so we have like five different actors playing the leads of Home Alone. And what's even crazier is two of those actors play Kevin McAllister. <laughs> we have Macaulay Culkin and the, whoever the kid's name in Home Alone 4 was. Uh, which that, that's my least favorite movie in that franchise. But we're not going to talk about that one because that's it's garbage. Garbage, if you will. The uh, one thing I did can, can see is that Home Alone 2 is basically a co complete copy of the first film, and meaning that the it's such a, has such a similar plot. Kevin is left alone again. His family is desperate to find him. Marvin and Harry try to steal something, and Kevin tries to stop them from doing so. However, while the first film is completely timeless, I find that the uh, this that. It's just as fun as the first movie, but I feel like this one has better traps that Harry and Marv do go into. Uh, what do you feel about the traps in this movie that Harry and Marv have to suffer through? I think, I think that's a good point, that maybe they are better traps, because after they made the first one, they did have to um, bring in enough similar traps that it made it funny while they changed those up but enough different traps that it did make it as if the child had progressed and gotten smarter and if he was already that smart from the year before you would assume that he would progress and with the amount of material he had around him the amount of creative really dangerous things he came up with I guess could be seen as better for sure <laughs> it, it's rather interesting because Kevin McAllister is just this this kid but He's brought to life by Macaulay Culkin. I think Macaulay Culkin is definitely one of the best child stars probably ever. He's on par, I would think, with like Shirley Temple and actors like that. Maybe even Haley Joel's Osmond for The Sixth Sense because that performance is really solid. But Macaulay Culkin is like an iconic actor. You're thinking of Home Alone, of course, but he's also in like My Girl and Richie Rich and uh, The Page Masters, one that I really like as well. So it, it, as a body of work, he's really solid. And I feel like 
Uh, this performance as Kevin is one of the highest wars by a child actor probably ever. I can't really picture a child actor doing better than what he brought to the role. We have, like, like I said, six Home Alone movies with five different actors. He's by far the best lead of any of them. He has the same charm and that he did in the first film, but he has this like wit and like he gets into like more truck. He he got himself into the Grand Plaza Hotel, like that is pr- or the Plaza Hotel, like that is pretty like baller status right there. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. It had progressed. That even like the way he was able to figure out survival had gotten yeah. more technical. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are some of your favorite like moments in the movie? Oh man, I. I I think really iconically, and I'm horrible with actors' names. Oh, it's like, I can't do like what you can do, but I think iconically, the the wait not the waiters but the maids and oh, the, con- the, uh, the concierge, the, the concierge, and, the bell. I actually wrote that down. Cause the I, bellhop. So uh, what is it? Uh, Ro- Tim Curry plays the Tim concierge. Curry, thank you. Uh, Rob Snyder is the bellman, and uh, Dana Levy is the desk clerk. I actually wrote this down as my favorite spot as well. Uh, why why are they specifically your favorite part of the or one of your favorite parts of the movie? Um, the enthusiasm that he has in the scene trying to be I love you. Oh, like, Tim Curry, I, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I love that. I miss Tim Curry so much. <laughs> I, I man. love That's Tim so... Curry, and I I actually get like the suspicion because like when you think of someone in in a fancy hotel in New York there's a lot of of thieves and there's a lot of pickpockets and robberies and people that are very proud that they can teach their kids or their niece or their nephew this or mm. you know whatnot and there's different um ways that you can be faulted for that when yeah. you're it's the one supposed to be watching the front line of the business mm-hmm. and so you get his like perspective a little bit where they're like oh like, it's not right that he's breaking into somebody's room, but it's right that he's suspicious because the, the kid is there by himself. Like, he is there without an adult. That is a suspicious thing. Yeah. And then he's getting caught, and he's all enthusiastic. I love you. And it's just like, it's like just I don't great. know. It just, that's the greatest scene. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's great because it's like when he goes into uh, his room, Kevin, Kevin's room, Kevin hears it because he he's watching Angels with Filthier Souls, one of the greatest uh, fake movies of all time. <laughs> uh the sequel to a great film, uh, anyway. But uh, he breaks into this room, and Kevin has this brilliant plan. You pointed it out. Like he, he had he had the wherewithal to have it all set up to have this this rubber clown, inflatable clown, set up in the in the the shower with a, a lamp there. Mm-hmm. Huge ass bathroom. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, but it's just great having Uncle Frank's voice recorded too. It's, a, it's there's so many little smart little things that go into that. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite characters from this this hotel is Rob Snyder's the the bellman. He asks for the tip. He gives him like the fruit stripes gum, which will last thirty seconds essentially. But he eats it throughout <laughs> the day. It seems like right, and he's like, Kevin, I got you your very own cheese pizza. <laughs> uh, I, I really I really like that, and a lot of uh, Rob Snyder's uh, uh, expressions play really well, especially when they're like. You've been smooching with everybody. Cliff, he's like, it's a lie. And you can just see him in the background shaking his head. Like, he is so funny, like, <laughs> if you pay attention to the background characters. So, Rob Snyder is definitely my personal favorite of the thing, but Tim Curry's right up there, too. Uh, what's another scene that really kind of, when you think of this movie, it kind of sticks out to you? 
It's a tough one. Yeah. I'll let you think on that one. I will answer this one first while you think. I really like Duncan's Toy Chest. I think it's a really great, awesome store with no toys. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's literally no toys, really. There's a trampoline there. There's a couple doll houses that really don't show. It. They don't focus. It's a toy store. They don't focus on any toys for with right. But like movies like Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger with a real Turbo Man, another movie we watched quite a bit as a kid. At least I did. Um, but they they show Toy Stories, Toy Stories there. The Christmas Story shows a lot, a lot of Toy Stories, or toy Toy Stores. But uh, they don't really do that at Duncan's Toy Chest. But I really like the interaction with uh, uh, Mr. Duncan and Kevin McAllister. I thought that was one of the the highlights of the the, the movie. It's very reminiscent to the scene with the old man um, and Kevin in the church, which was probably the most the best scene, one of the better scenes in that first film. So it's not it's not as good as the, the scene in Home Alone Two is not as good as that first scene in Home Alone One, but it's kind of on par. That's kind of like their like you need to have the, your conscience is you know needs to come in, in here, Kevin. So do the right thing type of thing. I like that scene a lot. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> was that your scene? No, that wasn't my scene. I was trying to think of my scene while you were while you were talking. My like a, an, another favorite scene of mine. Hmm. I mean, it's it's hard not to just say all of the traps that yeah, they go let's through. Talk about it. We haven't it, talked it would, about it yet. It would be all of the traps. It's hard to pick one out of it, but that would yeah. be like my favorite scene i don't know if that would be yeah. a chapter in a movie it might be a couple chapters but yeah be... but I, I think it's great too because i think your oldest was also pointing out it's like man you've really seen this a lot because i was quoting the lines like i'm up here you big horse's ass <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, it's great and he throws the it starts off perfectly with a brick so i i think that would you be able to take a brick to the face no, what, who would be able to take a brick I would to not the want to take a brick face. to the face. I don't know. That would be really painful. Uh, but I think that seems, that starts off really well. Uh, what other traps, like, did you're like, wow, that, that would have been really painful. Obviously all of them, but which oh, one would the, be like, what the heck? How did he think of that? The, the flammable in the toilet after you set a trap for somebody's hat or hair, depending on the person, to set on fire. That was pretty genius. Because yeah. you used what you had around you to your advantage, and you knew fire would hurt them a little bit, but you knew fucking explosion yeah. from the fire would really hurt them. So I don't know. That was that was a pretty genius, surprising move. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I I think Kevin Kevin had the werewolf law of taking out the uh, the boards of the floor mm -hmm. uh, before and right when he opens the door with this after he gets stapled to death. Uh, but he falls through the floor. He's like, what a hole. What like, a hole. <laughs> Daniel Stern plays it so perfectly as Marv. And I love Joe Pesci, too, with all his little fun uh, corpse that he does have. But the traps, by far, are, like, some of the, the best ones for me. Especially when you go to, like, when he has the electrical, like, he's yes. setting the freaking <laughs> sink on. Like, he's getting electrocuted by the sink. That's, like, he's dead in real life. That's, like, he's totally dead. But at the same time, it's, like... He just saw a man get murdered, essentially. But I'm okay. I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. <laughs> uh, what other trap do you think um, really was good? I um, I think sawing the wood enough that you knew your small weight would be okay, oh, the ladder, but you yeah. knew an adult's weight wouldn't. I thought that was pretty genius. He's pretty smart, especially because he's a smaller child, so you really are able to test that out and see if that works. And yeah, uh, that was I I thought pretty. Pretty genius. I don't know if you could say it would guarantee work every time, 
It might have someone go fast enough that they could just... Could be, yeah. But it definitely was a a smart move that I was like, I probably wouldn't have thought of that one. I don't know if I would have taken a saw to a ladder. (laughs) it, It was funny that my daughter was saying, like, they said the age of Kevin, like, hey, that's as old as you are, to your oldest. And, um, do you think, uh, you're, uh, do you think he would be able to, uh, think of some of these traps, or you don't want to think that he would be able to have, is, is capable of doing such things? I, I really hope he would never have to be put in a position where he would need to yes. think of this many <laughs> traps. But I think he's a very smart child. I think he would. I'll hopefully be smart enough to get 911 there sooner before yeah. needing all those traps. Um. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I remember, like, watching this movie as a kid and be like, thinking, like, well, what could I do? What could I do? Yes. Like, trap-wise and stuff like that. That'd be kind of interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's probably going through their little minds now. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, my bad for showing this to them again. Uh, no. <laughs> The, um, I'm trying to think other characters. I think the parents are, are fine. Catherine O'Hara does a great job. I don't think really, oh, amazing. yeah, she's a great, like one of the best movie moms of all time, even though she's a kind of a horrible mother because she left her kid in Chicago and also <laughs> he flew to New York. She was on the plane asking about him. I yeah. would like to say that, you know. Yeah, she's a little more redeemable. She's but... more understanding, like, hey, I, need, I left my kid here I before. But Catherine O'Hara is great. Like, I think you think of Home Alone, you think of Beetlejuice. That's what I really think for her. Uh, but the other, fam- the other family members are great. I think uh, Buzz is just kind of an a- an asshole. But I really like how they did bring him back for the Home Alone. I, I can't remember the, 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 whatever the sixth movie on Disney Plus was. They brought him there to kind of pay homage. I thought that was kind of cool. I did. I did really like how they brought him back. Yeah. Let's try to think here. What other parts... I, I, there's something that really I don't like about it. I think it's very a, a, a sequel that's basically like a, a carbon copy of the first movie. But again, I, I really like the traps here. It's still entertaining as hell, and it's something that I, I can't picture myself with watch with not watching during Christmas time. So it, it's a, it's a really like classic film for me, especially for our childhood. Anything else you want to like kind of share or what kind of like funny moment you liked about? It? Oh, I guess we did mention the pigeon lady. Yes, we did not. She's very heartwarming. Heartwarming, yeah. Very kind of touching uh, character that it kind of breaks your heart because of what she's been to through. Like, she loves somebody. Kind of, they kind of fell out of love with her, and she kind of just like fell out of love with like didn't care for herself anymore. So she's like living with these pigeons, and at the same time, she made a friend with Kevin and kind of saved his life too. So really liked that, and uh, overall, this is a really fun movie. I really liked this rewatch. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It was really fun. Always Christmas movie with the kids are what makes it the favorites. Yeah, and I think that was probably the best part about the watch because all the kids watched and seen the reactions, especially when they're like, oh, you got to watch this part. It's coming up. Oh, right there. Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> great. Uh, if I would have recorded some laughter, I would probably have inserted it right here, but that would have been a pretty, uh, pretty awesome <laughs> part. Uh, but, yeah, best part was watching it with the kids and the family. It's, it's, it's a classic holiday movie. All right. Well, that I think. I think with that said, I think we should wrap up the episode. We're almost pushing on an hour here. I really, Cristiano, it's really kind of an honor to have you on, uh, on the podcast. Really t- appreciate you taking time out on your vacation at my house <laughs> to be able to do this. I know I twisted your arm to be on it, uh, but anyway, I really, really awesome. We definitely should uh, have you on again. I would like that a lot. Yeah. Anytime. Anything for you. 
Thank well, you perfect. For having me. <laughs> there we go. All right, guys. Until next time, make sure you guys continue to watch movies. I think our next Daily Notes episode will be a journey with Spielberg, where we talk about Close Encounters of the Third Kind.